Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Bastards of Boston Baseball. We want to give a big shout out to any first time listeners who are joining us here. We're happy to have you aboard. For those of you who have been here from the start, you already know the drill. We live and die by this team just like the rest of you, and we make no apologies for that. I'm your host, Jason Kelly, coming to you from Canton, Massachusetts. You can find me on Twitter at Color of the Iris. You can find the podcast account at Bastards underscore Boston. Joining me tonight from the city of Reading, Pennsylvania, is Micah Storms. Micah, how we doing? Terrific. I'm excited to uh, start talking about the season progressing. Once you get into June, things get interesting. Deadlines coming. We're gonna we're gonna uh, talk about the, a little bit of early trade deadlines. So this is when the season starts to really. Uh, become fun as you start to realize who are players and who are already looking at 2024. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It starts to get real at this point. Um, Also, real quick, where can people find you on Twitter, Micah? They can find me at Ballpark Buzz. Awesome. And joining us tonight also from the city of Reading, Massachusetts, is Nick Face. Nick, how's it going? What's happening, guys? How are we tonight? Doing well. And where, where can people find you on Twitter, Nick? They can find me at FaceTheFacts15. And speaking of Twitter, I just want to say I haven't had a chance to do it. Micah, I just want to say you, you do a hell of a job on your Twitter, man. And I've been a fan of yours for a while, so keep up the great work. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I You're welcome. love doing the research on, on the different statistics that I find. It's, it's something I spent probably way too much time doing, but it's a hobby of mine for sure. Hey, if you had a niche for it and you do a good job with it, I mean, kudos to you because you're doing an awesome job. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Micah is a force out there on Twitter. Uh, it's pretty pretty cool to see. So um, as uh, Micah alluded to, we're, we're kind of getting into the middle part of the season here. We've entered the month of June, so it's no longer the early stages. We're now hitting the midpoint. Um, some teams are emerging as contenders. Some Teams are emerging as pretenders, and some teams are just flat out, just already out of it, which is uh, pretty shocking by, you know, early June. But it is true. Um, so we decided that for this uh, bastards roundtable episode, we're going to do some early trade deadline talk. Um, you know, trade deadline still two months away, but it's n- it never hurts to get into it early, especially with a team like the Red Sox who you know, are up and down They're you know, they're in last place in their division, but you know, they're still over 500 still contending for a wild card. So kind of an interesting, uh, you know, spot that they're in. Um, and basically we're going to ask the question, you know, are the Red Sox by the trade deadline going to be buyers or sellers? And obviously we know if you're sellers, we know what happens, right? You, you lose too many games, you know, you feel like you're out of it. And you just go by July 31st, you can't foresee yourselves getting a playoff spot. So that's it. But what would it take for the Red Sox to officially be buyers for them to officially say, you know what? We're investing in this team. It's we believe we're a playoff team. We're going to invest and we're going to be buyers at the deadline, Um, whether that's for pitching or offense, whether it means you're giving up major league talent for other major league talent or whether it means you're trading prospects for major league talent. So what would that take? And keep in mind, um, 
you know, we're recording this, you know, a little bit earlier than maybe the news will come out, but Chris Sale just went down in the Cincinnati Reds series with a shoulder problem. He's going to have an MRI. Most likely he's going on the IL, going to be out till at least the all-star break. I'm guessing again, this is all speculation from us at this point, but sales down. And we don't know if he's down in the long term for the rest of the year or if he's just down for a little bit. So that will factor in too, because let's face it, Chris Sale has kind of, you know, slowly returned to his old form a little bit. And he's been a big stabilizing force in that rotation. And pitching, especially starting pitching, has been a big sort of deterrent for the Red Sox in terms of really getting over the hump. So um, there's a lot of factors going into it. Obviously, trade, trade deadline is still a little bit of a ways away, but Micah, let's start with you. For the Red Sox to be officially buyers at the deadline, what do you need to see over the next month plus from the team? So the Red Sox enter today. They they with the win, they are twenty nine and twenty seven. So they're two games over five hundred going into the Tampa series. And if you look at the wild card teams, the three teams that have the spots are a minimum of 10 games over 500. So the Red Sox have a pretty big gap to to cover there. The Orioles, the Astros, and the Yankees in that order have the three spots. So the month of June is huge. They have 28 games. They're already off to a 1-0 star against Cincinnati. Um, but they have four games against Tampa, and they have six games against the Yankees. So I think when you look at June, you have to start there with those 10 games because obviously Tampa, they're the best team in baseball. They're running away with the division. The Red Sox are by no means ever going to catch them. But the Yankees is a team that you're going to be chasing. And if that's a team you can you know, play head-to-head and take advantage and try to catch them, um, this is the opportunity to do it. It's six games to do it. Um, there's fewer division games this year, so we're not seeing the Yankees 19 times like we have in the past. So these matchups are extremely important. I think more important than they were in previous years because it's only 12 or 13 games. Um, so it, the time is now. Um, last year we saw the Red Sox not know what to do at the deadline. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. I do think Heim Bloom is going to make a decision one way or another. And I think if you look at the Red Sox and they are two, three, four games over 500 come the deadline, I don't think that's going to be good enough because that's kind of where they were last year and they didn't do anything. They just kind of stood where they were and then it was a waste because they weren't good enough to compete. So I think in the month of June, I think a minimum they have to go 16 and 12 um, in the 28 games, which would put them five games over 500 going into July. And then you see where you are then. But I, they have to creep towards eight, nine, 10 games over 500, I think, by the deadline for Heim Bloom to say, I'm going to invest more in this team. Um, that's a big task in the AL East when you play those teams. It's going to be really, really challenging to get there. Um, but I do think that's what it's going to take. I think a minimum eight games over 500 um, come the deadline where they buy. All right. I mean, that's that's a bold 
goal for for the month of June, especially like you said, those matchup against the Rays and the Yankees uh, will not be easy. But uh, Nick, what do you think? Yeah, that sixteen and twelve number, I, I have uh, alarm bells going off right now because that'd be amazing if they did that. One hundred percent would be. Is it realistic right now? After not to be doom and gloom here, but now with Chris Sale's shoulder problems going down, that takes away one of your anchors there to your rotation where you already have some questions to fill. You're James Paxton's. What's he going to do? Is he going to go down like Sale? What's Whitlock going to do? Is he going to go longer than five? Is he going to stay in the rotation? And then you've got question marks that go with Hulk. Is Hulk going to get over the hump and start becoming a guy that you can count on? Brian Bayo, another one. Is he going to develop and get on to a nice rhythm and be somebody that you can consistently count on? I can't truthfully tell you that right now. I have to look at this at what does this team have right now to have me believe that they can qualify here for bottom bottom line, a wild card? And I can't see that happening right now. I don't even think with another player of sorts coming in rotation wise or whatnot. I don't even think like an Eduardo Rodriguez, whose name is out there for the Tigers. Yes, he's hurt. Could be coming back a couple weeks or so before the deadline or everything. But I can't get overexcited about something like that. Let's be real here. If Eduardo Rodriguez came to town and came back here to the Red Sox, he's not an ace. He slots in at a nice three or four option. But, but you know who he is. You had him for so long. You're going to get five innings. You're going to get 100 pitches thrown. He's going to be decent. But I don't think he moves the needle there for you. Not, not whatsoever. I think you also have a lot of players right now that do have that question mark, like shortstop, for example. You know, Kike's f- filling in right there for shortstop right now. What's going to happen with Story? Is Story going to come back, and is he going to be half decent? I can't bank on that right now. Adam Duvall is supposed to be coming back, too. He was wonderful for, what, two weeks? week, whatever it was, is he going to come back? Is he going to help this team get over that hump as well, too? You also have some guys who are on the younger side, some some rookies, some some guys that are trying to still develop their game. Tristan Casas in particular, are they going to get this team into his position to be a qualifying team in that wild card race? This month alone here for June is going to be awfully tough. You get the Yankees for two series. You have uh, one game against the Blue Jays to finish the month as well. You have some AL Central teams. You have the Colorado Rockies that you'll also be facing and the Miami Marlins. So that's kind of what the outlook looks like so, um, for the month of June. The biggest ones, of course, are the Yankees and the Rays. And I can't tell you with confidence right now that the Red Sox can beat these AL East teams with authority and get themselves back in this hunt. I can't. So that's why for right now, this team should be a seller and I don't want them to be a seller. I want them to win. I want them to be a success. I want the summer to be exciting so we can have a, a great team to root for, but you don't, you, you don't, you're not going to have that right now. So that's, that's how I look at what the future is going to look like for the Sox right now. The month of June 
could end up being the most important month of the 2023 season for this team. Because if they go like Micah is hoping 16 and 12, and they're, you know, they find themselves five or more games above 500 and suddenly they're, you know, closer in the wild card race and bloom decides, you know what I need to add, I need to go out and be aggressive and get, you know, a, a big time starter to add to that rotation or whatever, then that could be huge. That could be all the team needs, especially if Duvall comes back, Story comes back, and by the grace of God, Chris Sale's not out for the rest of the year, and you get him back after the All-Star break. That could be massive. But if they falter, if the Rays and the Yankees come in here and they spank them and they go, you know, let's let's flip it. They go 12 and 16. They're under 500 you know, by July 1st. And, you know, maybe the prognosis on sale is, is worse at that point. Um, you know, whatever the case, maybe Casas is still hitting, you know, 180 and not doing anything. Then you got to wonder at what point does the GM go, you know what, it's not happening this year. And we're not going to be buyers. If anything, we'll be sellers. Um, you know, and we sort of just tread water for the rest of the season. That would be horrible. Nobody wants that. So there's a lot of things that have to go right. And the sale injury, we have no idea as of right now. Um, Duvall coming back should be a good boost. Um, you know, I went on a rant about Tristan Casas the last episode. Whatever happens with him, hopefully he figures it out if he's going to stay up here. Um, but, you know, there's also there's a couple of guys that I don't, I don't think we talk enough about that also need to pick it up, like, Rafael Devers, he's been fine this year, but you didn't sign him to a mega contract to just be fine. He's got to be your best hitter in the lineup, and right now he's not. Right now he's at least behind Yoshida, maybe even behind Verdugo. I know Devers gives you the power that those guys don't, but in terms of consistency, it's been Yoshida and Verdugo, and then that's it. Devers needs to pick it up too. So there's a lot that this team needs to figure out that the rotation's got to get settled. You know, Whitlock and Hauk, are you guys going to be consistent starters or not? Because, you know, everyone knows my feelings on Whitlock. I don't think that he is. Hauk has really good stuff, but is inconsistent at times. Same with Brian Bayo. He's inconsistent. James Paxton looks great so far, but he, like Sale, has that injury bug that could always come back at any time. And we saw it this year. It already came back with sale. What's to say Paxton's not next? So there's so many question marks up and down the lineup, up and down the rotation. So, you know, I'm hoping for 16 and 12 or something like that. But would it shock me if they completely tank in June? And if some of these teams, like, they're facing a couple of teams that are also trying to turn their season around. You know, the Guardians, the White Sox, the Twins even, who are on top of their division. But, you know, they're, they're, they're not uh, necessarily running away with it like the Rays are. So, and then you got the Yankees who are chasing the Rays. Um, you know, the Red Sox are facing some desperate teams in June. And I wonder if that's going to play out. Like, maybe those teams just want it more and the Red Sox are in a weird spot and they falter. Um, so... It's going to be a crucial month for them. And let me ask you guys this. So regardless of their 
what their record ends up being. But let's just say that the Red Sox decide, you know what, we're going to be buyers at the deadline. By July 1st, they say, you know what, like we've got a month to figure out who we want to target, but we do want to be buyers. What position is the most important for them to address? Is it the rotation? Is it the bullpen? Is it first base? Is it middle infield? Like, what, what is the number one priority for you guys? Michael, I'll start with you. So I feel I need to first clarify that I don't predict they're going to go 16 and 12. I just think that they have to go 16 and 12 to put themselves in this position to be buyers. Uh, with all everything that both, uh, both of you have stated, there's no way you can predict with confidence 16 and 12. Um, so I just wanted to state that because – I'm not going on record and saying they're going 16 and 12. That's I can fair. see a path. I can see a path, but it's a, it's a muddy path. Um, but to answer your question, um, I think the offense is going to get the additions based on players returning from injury, like Trevor Story, hopefully soon, sooner rather than later. And then obviously Adam Duvall is going to be first. So I think the offense gets the, the extra um, – support with the injuries um and then i think the bullpen i think they've given the bullpen more options um it, you could potentially put halk or whitlock yeah, i could see i could still see a scenario where one of them goes back there and P pavetta comes into the rotation if you put halk or whitlock in the in the bullpen um the bullpen only becomes better so i don't think the bullpen gets a key piece i think it absolutely has to be the rotation um, I stated at the beginning of the year, and I still feel the same way. This team only had a chance to make the playoffs if Chris Sale returned to being the Chris Sale that we once saw him be um, prior to all the injuries. Obviously, now we don't know. Um, but if it's only a couple of weeks and he misses three, four starts, that's not the end of the world, even though the month of June is super important and you need Chris Sale in those moments. Um, you can probably get by with three or four missed starts, but they need another starter, probably even if Chris Sale is healthy. Um, it, it would allow a guy like Hauk or Whitlock, who don't don't forget, those guys have thrown very few innings over the last couple of years. So there's no knowing. And same thing with Paxton and, and uh, Sale. There's really no knowing what those guys are going to look like come August and then the dog days of August, like there's no predicting how they're going to feel, what their stuff is going to look like. Is it going to be a tick down? I would probably assume it is because they're in uncharted territory in terms of innings. So I think a starter absolutely would be the, the place to add. It's just in order to acquire an impact starter, you're not going to acquire a number four or five starter. That's not going to help this team. This team needs a front of the rotation type starter. Bloom's going to have to give up something that he probably does not want, and we have yet to see him do that. So I would probably bet on them not acquiring a pitcher that really is going to impact this roster in a big way because – until I see it, I'm not betting on it. And the roster also, they really need to win games. The, the roster needs to go out there and say, yeah, we're going to go 16 and 12, and we're going to put ourselves in a spot where if you sell, you're going to look like an idiot because we're right in the mix. They have to go out and do that, and they haven't had a month where they've consistently played good baseball. 
you guys have mentioned they play Cleveland, Colorado, Chicago, Miami. Those are series you can, in theory, win, but they lost to the Pirates. They got swept to the Pirates. They got swept to the Cardinals. So they really got to go out and prove that they are a good team in order for them to go out and say, I'll give up a key prospect for a pitching, uh, a key pitching piece. Nick, what are you focusing on for the deadline? I'm Bloom, truthfully. I'm Bloom. That's the one that you have to focus on right now because we have not seen him really do anything to trade his prized possessions to get something of quality. Really hasn't. The big thing here on if they're able to get anybody is, in my opinion, has to be a starting pitcher. I, in a way, feel a little played by Chris Sale. And here's the reason why I feel a little bit played. I remember the Baltimore series early in April. Terry and I were doing the YouTube videos and stuff back and forth. We're doing our series predictions. And I kept saying, I'm not going to believe. I'm not going to believe till he gets over this hump. I'm not going to do it. Well, I finally started believing. And now here he comes again with the shoulder issues from everything. For a pitcher that they so desperately need right now. I don't know what's going to happen with Chris Sale. We're not, we can't predict the future from everything, but that shoulder is the same shoulder that had the issues from way back in 2018 when all the trouble started for Chris Sale. As we remember from that, he really wasn't strong enough to be a starting pitcher in the World Series and playoff run. We relied upon him to give us an inning or two or, or not be the typical Chris Sale that everybody thought he was going to be. It, it, it was okay, but I think that we need more out of him to be anywhere close to being a contender. I think pitching is, is most important here, but I also think that it's very important that we also talk here about defense. I look back at that 2004 team, and I'm sorry to go way, way, way back, but traded the franchise icon at the time, Nomar, and you got Orlando Cabrera, Dave Roberts, and Doug Mankiewicz to bump up that defense that so desperately needed the help to get over that hump and to win a title. Our defense this season has not been very good, in particular, Kike Hernandez at shortstop. That's a big problem. I still don't know what to expect from Trevor Story. Will he be coming back at some point? And what is he going to come back as? That's what we need to also consider here too. Because if he comes back into that shortstop spot, is he ready to get into the playing short again? Because remember, he's playing second base when you had Xander Bogarts over there. That's a big transition, especially with an arm that just is getting surgically repaired and everything here. Is he ready to take that hump and get to playing a position that he hasn't played in a few few years. I'm concerned on that level until I see it and believe it and know that he's going to be okay. And then the other thing to think about is what you're going to do with first base. If Casas isn't going to be the, the real deal, you have to have somebody that's going to hit the ball and be consistent over there. And I don't feel super confident with the Justin Turner solution and putting him there for a few games a week because he's old. He's 38 years old. You need somebody that's going to be a thumper, that's going to maybe be protection for Rafi Devers. Because the other point we can also talk about here is 
is Rafi Devers really protected in this lineup? I don't think so. Not that great. They're getting lucky with what Yoshida's putting up. But I think part of why Devers has struggled a little bit, at least in May, from numbers-wise, is because I think he thinks he has to do too much because he has to be the guy, because he has to get the job done, and all the pressure is on him at times to win the game and get that home run and get that game-winning RBI. So the other thing I would consider 100% is seeing how you can protect and get maybe another 5-6 or a two-hitter of some sorts that can protect Devers in a spot that can get you more wins. So that's where I look at from everything there. The, the crazy part here is a lot of teams, typically when you get into the wild card race and the playoff race, you, you always try and booster your bullpen. And I found it interesting that, Micah, you didn't mention the bullpen really that much because we got Jensen and some other arms that are out there, Chris Martin and everything. I'm not mentioning the bullpen either right now. I think the bullpen right now, at least compared to other teams, you at least have a closer that Chris Martin that's out there. Who knows when playoffs hit, if you get to that point, who else can slot in? But I think the bullpen at least – I'm 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 okay with. I don't think obviously other arms could be great to add in, but at least for my eight nine, I, I feel pretty pretty good about that one. Yeah, and the thing to keep in mind with the bullpen too is Blyer should be back at some point. Granted, I don't think he's any great shakes, but that's another lefty that you'll get back at some point. John Schreiber will be back at some point. That should really stabilize you in the late innings as well. So um, I agree. I I don't think the bullpen is. A priority. I also go pitching. I, I go starting pitching. Um, it's just you can't trust that Chris Sale is going to be back. You just can't. And and you know it's whatever. Like whether you feel bad for the guy or not at this point, it's just whatever. Like you just can't trust it. You can't trust that James Paxson is going to make it the whole year either because he's just as injury prone as Chris Sale is. Um, and then Bayo Whitlock Hauk. Those are all question marks. They're either going to take a step forward or they're not. Um, but you can't bank on it one way or the other. So there should be starters available out there. Um, that's where I would go. I also want some first base protection because if they are going to stick with Tristan Casas the whole year, if they are so hell-bent on not sending him down, okay, fine. But you need an, you need an alternative option there. Um, you need somebody. And we were talking about it before the show. This is a move I'd make today. Like I, I'd go get Luke Voigt, who just got DFA'd. I mean, you should be able to get him for pennies. And, you know, he's fallen off a little bit since his Yankee days, but it's a right-handed power bat that's looking for a chance, can play first base, would probably love Fenway Park as a pole power hitter. Um, I would do that today. That's that's not a deadline move. That's a do it this weekend move kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I start with starting pitching and, you know, we, the Red Sox are facing three AL central teams in the month of June, the twins, the white Sox, and the guardians. And the AL central is all bunched up right now because apart from the Royals, nobody in that division is out of it. Even the white Sox, as bad as they've been, are just, they're seven games out of the division. Like that's not insurmountable. Um, 
And it's weird. They find themselves in a spot where they're probably not in a spot where they can go for the wild card. So they have to play for their division. But those teams are all facing the same question the Red Sox are, which is, okay, given how June goes, are we buyers or are we sellers? And I think you look at a few of those teams from a Red Sox standpoint too, there's pitching that you could potentially go get. Um, You know, we mentioned Eduardo Rodriguez earlier in this show. Personally, I don't want anything to do with that guy anymore. I, I don't trust him to stay on the field. I know he's had some personal issues that kept him away from the game. His divorce and everything was really tough on him. I get that. I, I respect that. But I just, I, I don't want to trade for Eduardo Rodriguez and that contract and then have him come here and go, oh, yeah, I'm going to take another leave of absence or something. Um, I also don't think that he likes Alex Cora personally. So I don't think those two get along. I think Cora was uh, infinitely frustrated by him. And I think uh, the the feeling was mutual. But there's a couple of other guys that, you know, the White Sox have pitchers available. The, the Guardians, I mean, you know, who knows what, what they're going to be. They always have pitching available. So uh, to wrap up the, the round table here, I'm going to have you guys identify just either one or two starting pitchers from either one of those central teams or somewhere else that if you could trade, if you were the Red Sox, if you were in Kyan Bloom's seat and you could trade for them, and we'll, you know, don't worry so much about what the package would be or whatever, but if you could go get this guy, who would you want? Micah, I'll start with you. Uh, the name for me is is Lucas Giolito for the White Sox. The White Sox are 23 and 35. To me, they have been the most disappointing team year on year and year um, for the last five, six years, because it seems like every year their teams are, people are picking them to win the division and they just disappoint. I think they are going to blow it up. I think that's what they should do. Um, and Giolito, he's a free agent at the end of the year. So he's a rental. And I think he has the potential to slide into that number two really could be a number one starter that the Red Sox are desperately looking for. Um, Giolito finished in the top 10 in the Cy Young almost three straight years in a row. He's fallen back a little bit last year and this year he's been a little inconsistent, but the stuff is still there. Um, uh, he's been an innings eater, innings eater over the last couple years. So I think if you're going to pay for a pitcher you want someone that has a history of health and has front of the rotation type of stuff. And I think that's that. That's who it is. Um, will the White Sox trade him? I would imagine the White Sox would probably wait until the deadline or as close to the deadline as possible because they're only seven and a half games out. So they might as well see what's going to happen over the next four to six weeks and then kind of decide from there. The only risk you run there is, you know, if Giolito gets hurt, then he has no value to the White Sox to trade him. So that's the risk they run if they keep him a little longer. But if I'm targeting a pitcher, it's it's Giolito, and it's not even close. That There's not even a, a 1B to that conversation for me. Nick, who do you got? I love Micah's pick with Lucas Giolito. I think the guy is a horse and somebody that, could fit into Boston very well. My only struggle here with it is we've already traded once for a former Chicago White Sox pitcher, a.k.a. Chris Sale. 
do we want that same kind of scenario playing itself out? Just to be just to be funny on that, but I do love I do really like that move that was there. How about a real whopper right here? I know it's very unrealistic and it would be a dream to even happen of sorts, but we know what's holding the Angels down. That's Shohei Otani. And wouldn't that be something if not even just the Red Sox, but any other team in Major League Baseball was able to pull off a trade deadline deal surrounding him? Holy crap, would that be the talk of baseball right there? That's a guy that's always been up on my radar. He's on everybody's, of course. What a difference maker that guy would make on a realistic side of things. You have to wonder what's going to happen with the Milwaukee Brewers because one of the guys that is kind of disgruntled and wants his way out of town is Corbin Burns. He's had a very good career, and I don't know if a lot of you have taken a look at some of his numbers, but overall he's off to a 4-4 four and four record so far with a 368 ERA. Past two seasons, in 2021, he went 11-5 and five of the 243. And in 2022, he went 12 and 8 with a 2.94 ERA in particular. So, for a guy that's got a track record and everything, granted he's in a National League setting, not that much of a pressure kind of environment playing for the Milwaukee Brewers. That's a guy that I, I would be okay with if they got. I wouldn't trade away the best of the most shiny prospects to get him, but. I think he's a guy that's a major league pitcher who could get the job done and could be a part of a, a good group of a rotation in Boston. So, first of all, if Kyan Bloom trades for Shohei Otani, which I agree is probably very out there, but if he does, I will personally commission a statue of Kyan Bloom to be put outside Fenway Park. I will get a tattoo of Kyan Bloom's face on my butt if he trades for Shohei Otani. Um, that would be incredible. But sticking with the realistic side, um, I'm looking at the Guardians because I think the Guardians are the most likely to, well, between them and the White Sox, those two are probably going to compete for third or fourth place. Um I don't believe in the Guardians. I, I think their pitching has taken a step backwards. I, you know, their offense is hit or miss. Um, so the guy I look at from them, who's had a down year, but I think that's why you could probably get him. I'm looking at Cal Quantrill. Um, Cal Quantrill is a guy they got for Mike Clevenger in the deal with the Padres. Was really good when he first got to Cleveland. He's Kind of tailed off this year, two and four, ERA over five. Um, he's not a power pitcher. He's more of a ground ball guy, um, that kind of thing. But he's still young, still under 30, two more years of team control. And if the Guardians completely fall out of it, that's a guy that I think they could part with because they do have a lot of young pitching and, you know, guys like McKenzie and Bieber um, that they're probably more invested in than they are Quantrill. Um, I think that that was, that was a guy that, you know, they were happy to get for Clevenger when they traded him, but it hasn't worked out. Like he hasn't turned into, you know, a phenom like they, they may have hoped. I think that's a guy you could possibly get and not have to give up a top five prospect for. 
maybe someone in your top 10 at the most, but you're not looking at trading a Marcelo Mayer or a Nick York or, um, you know, uh, Miguel Blaze, even someone like that. Like you're, you're looking at guys that you wouldn't necessarily mind parting with for a guy who can, who's under 30 for the most part, looks like he stays pretty healthy. And you'd have two more years of team control with him as well, which is important because you do need that, you know, to build your rotation going forward. So Cal Quantrill is a guy that I would definitely target if I were the Red Sox. Uh, Micah, what, what did you have on that? Uh, I saw today that uh, a couple of rival MLB executives um, said that it is a for sure thing that Shane Bieber will be dealt um, prior to the deadline. So not saying that's a guy that the, the Red Sox would necessarily necessarily acquire. Um, he has one more year of team control. And I, I think it would take like a, almost like a Casas like uh, player to acquire him. Um, so I don't know if he's a guy for the Red Sox, but I think he's an interesting pitcher for somebody because um, he has legit stuff and you could put him at the front of the rotation of many rotations. Um I'm going to throw a name out there. This is not a name that I've, I've thrown this name out there other times, but we talked about the black hole at first base. CJ Crone would be an interesting guy because he's coming back from, he's on the IL right now. Um, he's been dealing with back spasms, um, but he's a, a rental at the end of the year. He's a free agent. Um, so he's playing in Colorado. He's a power hitter. I really don't think it would cost that much to acquire a CJ Crone. Um, I think he would be perfect for Fenway. Um, and because he's injured, maybe you acquire him right now and you say, I'm going to roll the dice, expect the back to, to heal fine. And maybe because he's on the IL and he's not all the way back yet, maybe you don't have to pay as much. But I, I can't imagine it, it, it taking a guy in the top 15 to acquire a CJ Crone type player. And he would really just answer a lot of questions that that position has had for it feels like five plus years it might even be longer than that but it's been a long time it'd be a right-handed power bat i i think to me that is a slam dunk if i've ever seen one so i wanted to throw that name out there because i think i've been saying it for the last six months but i'm going to keep saying it until another team is smart enough to say this guy still has value and we're going to go out and get him so Hopefully, Bloom knows about C.J. Crone. <laughs> yeah, I feel like C.J. Crone is one of those names that always comes up around the deadline ever since he got to Colorado. The Rockies are a weird team, though, when it comes to them at the trade deadline and what they're willing to deal. They're 10 games under 500 right now, and I could still see them say, no, we're not trading because we're, we feel oh, like they we're will. contending. Yeah. yeah, they're just a weird team like that. I don't get it. They yeah. No problem shipping out Arenado and, and all these other guys, but CJ Crone, even though they're probably out of it and have no shot at their division, they're gonna sit there and go, nah, we're we're keeping him. He's he's ours. We're we're not trading him. So I would love CJ Crone in Boston. Um, you know, I don't think the power numbers are inflated by Colorado. He hit for power when he played for LA. Um, so he he's done it you know, in other ballparks as well. I think him at Fenway would be gross. Um, his defense has always been pretty solid. And, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe since he's injured, you take a shot, you, you call him up and say, hey, you know, he's not even playing for you right now. 
you know, what, what's it going to take? Um, I love the CJ Crone idea. Any, any sort of protection at first base would be huge for this team right now. Crone kind of reminds me of what you had with Hunter Renfro with that right-handed thumper bat, which you don't have. You don't have. And that could be something that really rejuvenates that lineup and lengthens it out significantly. Even with a Duvall coming back, who cares? You have Duvall, and then if you could have a Crone into that lineup too from that, that that's that's some balls that are going over that left field wall in authority. I'll tell you that right now. That would be huge. And it just makes your lineup so much more dangerous. The, the Red Sox are lacking that true right-handed power bat, um, you know, to, to bat either in ahead of or behind Devers. Um, you know, Turner's been good protection for him because Turner is a – he's an RBI machine, but he's not a power hitter, not a true one anyway. Um, they don't have a true right-handed power threat. And when you look at the Red Sox through history, their best teams have been when they've had the – one-two punch of the power lefty, the power righty in the middle of that lineup, and then everyone else follows suit. So I love the Corona idea. I don't even hate if, if it's a smaller move like a Luke Voigt, you know, whatever. Like take a take a flyer on him, a reclamation project maybe, but just get something because like we talked about in the other show, it can't be Bobby Dahlbeck. Like it's you got to have something a little bit better than that. Um, so – Couple of interesting names floating out already early on. Um, obviously, trade deadlines a ways away, so we'll see how everything unfolds. Like I said, the month of June for the Red Sox going to be a really interesting one. A couple of tough series, a couple of teams that kind of find themselves in the same spot as the Red Sox as well. Um, so interesting month ahead. Um, do you guys have any final thoughts before we wrap? Nothing. No. All right. Well, with that, we will go ahead and call close to this Bastards Roundtable episode. Um, our next show will be the weekend crew. They'll be with you guys Monday morning, and they'll be recapping the Tampa Rays series, first big series of this month. So check that out, and we will talk to everyone later. Take care.